Hey, what is up guys? Welcome back to Life on the Wrist. Hope you guys are doing well today. If you're turning into this podcast when it when it airs, I bet you probably are looking for content from us. Like I said, we were we're taking a week off. Um, we're, we're not going to be releasing any YouTube videos or blog posts on our website. So one of the things I did commit to was um, doing this podcast. It's sort of a goal of mine to make sure that we do a podcast every week of this year. I think it's, and I didn't, I didn't want to not do that, uh, not accomplish the goal that I set for myself at the beginning of the year. So I thought we would make sure we publish this. And this is kind of a continuation off of one of the articles and videos that we did uh, last week. And that is about what watch to buy as your first watch. It's such a hard question to answer and this, the watch that I suggested obviously I stand by but I think there's so much more that can go into this discussion and a lot of suggestions that I got in the comment section of the video but also sort of talking with with people on Instagram about about um, this topic so I thought I would just kind of talk about what your first watch should be um, and kind of parse it by like price point by modern or vintage um, yeah, those are going to be the two sort of filters. So modern or vintage and then sort of price points within those two categories. Um, so if you haven't seen our article where we talk about the first, uh, the best first watch that you can buy, I'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, article and the video so you can check that out. But um, the, the real conclusion of that video is that I suggest if you're looking to buy your first watch, you buy a Swatch System 51. I think this is such a, a unique place in, in modern watches and in watches in general, and you can get a lot out of buying this as your first watch. The four reasons I kind of go into are affordability, you know, the watch is uh, relatively cheap compared to other watches. Um, you can experience mechanical watches, so nothing against quartz watches, but I do think experiencing mechanical watches is an important, important thing for you to do. Um, there's a lot of variety, which is my third reason. The variety of the Swatch SM51 means you can really find something that speaks to you. And then the last one is the sort of ease of use and the repair of the watch is so simple. Um, and that makes your experience really easy. Um, so I stand by this, this suggestion, but what I thought I could do is go into some other suggestions that I have. So um, one of the things I, I, I want to make sure we touch on is sort of the, the price point of, of buying your first watch. You know, not all of us have... Um, a tremendous amount of money where we can buy extremely, you know, expensive pieces when you're, you know, sort of starting to get into watches. And so uh, my suggestion was a relatively affordable watch um, that I thought did a really great job. I actually got a comment on the video by uh, Mr. Budget Watch and he actually suggested um, the Seiko 5 line, which I think is a really great suggestion. Um, similar price point uh, as the Swatch System 51, a lot of variety in, this, in the Seiko 5 line, um, and also uh, is, is a nice place to, to sort of experience um, mechanical watches as well. The, the um, Seiko is obviously a, has a cult following um, and is a really great um, first step into watches, um, so I really like that, that suggestion. One of the other things um, I also wanted to just touch on is um, I know I sort of maybe focus a lot on Swiss watch companies, but I do think Seiko presents a really great, um, great place within watches um, as well. Um, so I would actually look at Seiko just as a brand in general if you're looking around this price point. Um, and the Seiko 5 line obviously has some really great watches. Um, 
in it uh, and, and, and are relatively you know, simple in, in their designs as well. I'm looking at some of them sort of in front of me here and you can find things on bracelets, on, on straps. Uh, there's, uh, you know, obviously the, the watches themselves are a little bit more towards the Thule side of things. You're getting things that are um, dive watch-esque with, with uh, bezels and, and a crown at, at um, uh, some of them have them at three o'clock, some of them have them at four o'clock, but you're getting those sort of, um, sort of, uh, sort of aspects, you know, a, 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 excuse me, a sports-related watch. So I think it hits home with, if you go through kind of my four things, I think affordability, it really hits home. Experiencing mechanical watches is great. It has a day and a date complication for the most part. Um, so you are going to experience complications similar to the Swatch S51 with a date. There's a lot of variety in the Seiko 5 line. Um, and because this is a really well-produced watch, it's not going to need that many repairs um, either, uh, similar to, this, to the Swatch System 51. So that's sort of one of my suggestions for, for sort of this, this price category. I also think Orient presents a lot of a great value in this, um, in this uh, price point. These are watches that are going to be look maybe a little bit more, um, if you go for the Bambino line, you're actually kind of probably going to get something a little bit more dressy, which I think is maybe another side of things that you're, you can find. If you look at some of these watches, you know, I'm just looking at a white dial with Roman numerals here, but blue hands, white dial, Roman numerals, uh, stainless steel case. This is the Bambino version um, 2. I think it's a great uh, place to be, but there's also black dial Bambinos. I'm looking at a black and sort of blue dial Bambino. So, so um, if we look through sort of the four again, affordability, great price point. You can pick these up for about 150 US dollars. You're experiencing a mechanical movement again, and you have the date for complication, so that's another thing that you can do. Variety, I agree. <laughs> Orient has some great um, great watches. Then the Bambino line also has some variety in their watches. And then um, these, these uh, movements are also, um, you know, mass-produced movements, but are not going to ca cause a lot of issues. Um, so it'll be very easy to sort of slot that in. I do want to sort of look at a different price point, which I think is a good entry into, into watches. I don't think you should go in and start buying watches that are extremely expensive, but there's the typical watches that I think you should look into if you're first getting into watches. The Omega Speedmaster is obviously a great place to go. Um, if you're looking at buying new, I think the, the obviously the Speedmaster um, 3816 is a great place to be, but if you want to look at something maybe a little bit um, on the, on the second-hand side of things, you could get the automatic Speedmaster. Um, I would suggest the black dial version, just the classic black dial Speedmaster. That way, you're sort of in line with um, what a lot of collectors consider to be one of the best watches ever produced. Um, this is obviously going to be a little bit more expensive than a Swatch City One or an Orient Bambino. Another thing I would suggest is maybe a, a Datejust. Datejust on the modern side of things are a little bit more expensive, but I think are a good price point to sort of enter into. Another thing I'd also suggest on the modern side of things is Longines. I think they've come out with some um, some great watches over the last couple of years that sort of um, that sort of harken back to some of the uh, divers that they've uh, the, the heritage watches that they've come out with. I would actually suggest the Longines Heritage Automatic. This is um, a dive watch has a date complication. It is a little bit larger, I think it's 44 millimeters, but it harkens back to the original Legend Diver that they created, oh, excuse me, it's 42 millimeters, 
harkens back to the original divers that they've that they produced um and, and it's just an absolutely beautiful piece i think you also get a lot of great heritage with this with this company and so if that is something that sort of um sort of floats your boat i think that's a great great place to be but their heritage line has a, a ton of really great watches um in it they also have um they have come out with a, a flagship automatic piece which is a um a, a, a hat tip to the um to the vintage longines that they they produced they also have that one that the 1945 automatic copper dial watch that they created part as, as part of their heritage line um which was uh, ben Clymer had the vintage version of this, and the, the story goes that he actually, appro or Longines approached him and wanted to look at his watch because they wanted to create a modern watch for that. Great place to be as well. Um, I actually think you shouldn't be spending, for your first watch, I don't think you should really be spending more than that. I think because it's your first watch, you don't want to spend too much money. You want to kind of suss out whether or not you like watches and experience something on your wrist before you start spending more um more money on, on 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 watches so i think this is a great place to sort of transition over to the vintage side of things which i think is something that i'm very passionate about um, and i have a couple suggestions so if you're looking for something around the price of a, a new swatch system 51 i think a great place to go and it can sometimes be difficult to find but vintage omega is a phenomenal place to go especially their Genève line um, you can sometimes find omega c masters at this price point as well but there's so if you look at the four sort of um, points that I've spoken about, affordability, I think for 500 US dollars you can get a really great vintage Omega. You're experiencing vintage uh, mechanical movements. Obviously they're going to take a little bit more TLC, but um, for the most part are fairly easy to to work with. Um, there's a lot, there's a ton of variety with Omega, vintage Omega. Which if you just search vintage Omega, you'll come up with so many different um, different versions. Ease of use and repair use, I think, would be um, would, would would sort of um, be correct. Repair can can be touch and go. I think with any vintage watch, you're going to have to sp spend a little bit more time trying to figure out the whole repair side of things. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. Another watch brand that I think is great for this section, for this sort of price point, is Vintage Longines. Again, variety is incredible. Affordability is better than um, the Omega Seamaster, in my opinion. My opinion, Omega, vintage Omega in general. I don't think it's sort of hit the mass market. This is the, the uh, a great vintage watch yet, so I think that's a great place to to also be. Um, variety is insane. Just if you go to our website, you'll see the variety of 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 vintage Longines as well. There's one more um, brand I wanted to talk about. It is difficult to find these, but I do think it's a great place to actually look, and that's Vintage Baum and uh, Mercier. I think Baum and Mercier uh, has some really great vintage watches. There's some really beautiful looking vintage chronographs from this co from their this company, um, but it, it's very difficult to find good condition ones of these. So be very careful when you're sort of approaching those. One of the watches that I have hailed as one of the best vintage watches you can possibly get is the uh, Le Coultre or Jäger um, Le Coultre JLC Memovox or Wrist Alarm. This is a watch that I've covered heavily on this channel, but I do think it's one of the best values you can get in vintage watches. You get an alarm complication, relatively affordable when you compare to other um, when you compare to other vintage watches. 
a great way to experience complications in, in vintage watches with the wrist alarm. Um, there's a ton of variety, dial variations of this watch that you can experience. Um, and so a wonderful place to go if you're looking for vintage, uh, a vintage, uh, a first vintage watch for yourself. Um, so that's a, a great suggestion. I also suggest maybe looking at vintage Tudor, especially the uh, Tudor Day dates or Tudor um, Oyster dates. Great place to be, great sports watch. I, I highly recommend looking at the jumbo versions of these watches. At 38 millimeters, they really fit in with modern, with sort of the modern sizing of watches. And so you're going to get something um, that fits in. Maybe if you don't work with a, with a 40, a 34 millimeter watch, it's a great place to be as well. Moving maybe up a little bit in the price points, I think you know you have your very typical vintage Omega, you have Omega Speedmasters. You can also look at vintage um, date justs from Rolex. I think if you're looking for something in the Submariner range, I actually think looking at vintage Tudor Submariners is a great place to be. There's a lot of heritage when it comes to um, uh, snowflakes and uh, their connection with the military. Um, so I, I do think that's a great place to go. I think Rolex Submariners sometimes might be a little bit out of reach for, for price points for many people. And I think Tudor still is in that sort of affordable um, affordable area when it comes to, to, to vintage watches. Um, if you're looking for dress watches at a little bit of a higher price, I did mention, um, I did mention, um, uh, I, I mentioned the uh, Rolex Datejust. I also am going to recommend looking at vintage, um, and I know this sounds weird, uh, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Constantin, Armand Piguet. I do think that time-only pieces from these companies are a little bit you know, more expensive, but you can find some vintage pieces that look really beautiful for under 10,000 US dollars. It's a lot of money to spend on a watch, but I do think that there's a little bit of a sweet spot with time-only um, watches from the Holy Trinity brands. So I do suggest looking into that as well. Affordability, um, yes, that sort of kind of goes out when you move the, the price point up to something like a Vacheron or a Patek. Um, but um, when you compare it to other watches from these brands, I do think that's an opportunity for you there. Mechanical, you're getting, experiencing mechanical movements, you're getting uh, the best of the best uh, when it comes to the movements that you're buying there. Variety can, can sort of uh, wax and wane, I think these watches obviously are very in demand and so a lot of people are holding on to them but i think if you take your time and, and do some research and maybe um, search around a little bit you'll find something that sort of um, hits home with you when it comes to uh, the design of the watches um, so uh, i hope this sort of helped i know i sort of listed watches but i, I hope this helps sort of um, this helps you work through whether or not or helps you work through what type of watch you should look for if you're looking to buy your first vintage watch. Um, if you have any other suggestions, please let us know. I'd love to connect uh, potential buyers with suggestions that you're making. Um, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on the picks that I have. So be sure to message us on our website or on our, on our social medias. I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. If you are new to the podcast, be sure to follow us. We'd love to have you as part of the, the, the channel. We upload podcasts every single week, so you can be a part of that if you follow us. Um, and if, if you're feeling generous and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, that really would help us out. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and until next time.